Hey friends, welcome back to the show. So it's my second episode back since I pushed play and decided to start recording again. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is soul sadness and dharmic upgrades. So let's just let's just dive right right in. I shared in the last show that part of my intention with coming back to recording podcasts is those of you who feel like the black sheep in your families, in your home, those of you who who feel awkward or maybe unsure or unsafe even of, you know, um, uh, you maybe feel unsafe in certain communities right now, in certain conversations because there's so much division. I, I want to be here for you. I want this to feel like you can cozy up with a cup of tea or a glass of wine or, you know, what, whatever it is, a nice fresh juice, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. And I want it to feel like we're sitting by a fire and we're just having a conversation because I think connection and community with people who are on the same page is so needed right now. You know, like that heart to heart connection is so satisfying for our souls, especially with everything that's going on. Um, I know I have on and off been experiencing a deep soul sadness, let's call it. And I know grief has been a widely experienced emotion for most people, no matter where you stand with respect to worldly topics. It's been something I think we've all had to explore, but I kind of want to take it deeper than that. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm the type of person that where I'm the type of person where I like to often work through things and come out the other side with wisdom, with a story to tell, with insight from my own um, evolution so that I can be a mirror for you. I can be maybe a gateway for you to just experience deeper presence in your body, deeper listening. That's what I love about this very shamanic experience that we're in right now and just sharing, like having these fireside chats, even if it's virtual. There's so much power in hearing other people's voices and shares because it unlocks our own wisdom. Uh, So with this conversation, though, this soul sadness, this dharmic evolution, and I'll explain that in a second that many of us are in, I want to be real and say that I'm not fully on the other side of it. And I wanted to show up anyways, because fuck, like, (laughs) I think it's important. I think it's important during these times to show up in conversations and in communities where you feel safe expressing the wholeness and the fullness and the vastness of your experience right now and being okay with not knowing exactly what's coming next or not knowing maybe the depths we're going to be called to experience some of this sadness or unease or uncertainty that we're experiencing. And 
that's actually kind of what I wanted to jam about with respect to this idea of dharmic upgrades. So that word dharma really just is a fancy word for purpose. I've done lots of um, yoga teacher trainings and yeah, I've, I've done, I've studied yoga and different types of spirituality over the years after I left the police force and, and dharma is just kind of a fancy word for what is your soul here to do in this lifetime? What is the highest expression for you? And I think for many of us, oh my goodness, I think our definitions of freedom and health and community and the way that we live, it's expanding in ways, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but for me, it's starting to expand in ways I didn't really anticipate or expect. And I'm learning to let go of my expectations. I thought I was really good at this, but I'm learning to let go even more of my expectations of what it should be like, of what the next few years are going to be like. I'm definitely loosening any gripping or attachments there. Um, so that's what I mean by your dharmic evolution. I, I, I know I'm not alone here. <laughs> I even had, okay, I even had friends reach out and message me over the past two weeks. The time of this episode is uh, we're leaning in towards the end of May and I'm just outside of Toronto, Canada, and it's super stressful here. We've been in lockdown like the entire time. Um, other weirdo things are happening here just with bills trying to enforce complete government censorship, um, all sorts of all sorts of crazy stuff. So I think if you're Canadian, you I mean, everybody's probably feeling that deep soul sadness in some way. But for my Canadians, this is like really intense right now. So what I think it's doing, though, is it is causing us to initiate ourselves into higher trust for sure. But um, my guess and my personal experience is that I know for my husband and I, we're starting to have conversations of, of becoming a global family in the next few years. Like, I always thought that our kids would go to this sweet little nature school that we found. It's so amazing. It's so progressive in terms of our core values and what we stand for in terms of health and really, really allowing children to be free, especially in those younger years. Um, the school doesn't even give grades for grades one to eight because the research shows that all of the testing, like in, in most schools, they just keep adding on tests and more tests and government, you know, <laughs> standardized, um, not even just testing, but ways of being that for us, it just makes me recoil back. And I think that our kids are even, if you look at the behaviors, if you look at what's happening, I mean, You'd have to be kind of living under a rock <laughs> if you don't find at least some of it alarming. And so um, anyways, we found the, this the most majestic, you know, little sweet nature school. It's on a biodynamic farm, which we love so much because biodynamic farming really, in our opinion, should be a normal way of life. If we look at even some of the root cause of um, I don't even know if I can say certain words without being silenced on here. But if we look at the V-I-R-U-S <laughs> that is sweeping the world right now, 
Dan and I, my husband and I, we really most resonate with the scientists who are speaking about root cause solutions. And to me, that is what our souls um, most align with. And what these scientists are saying is that this is a human issue, not a VIRUS issue. You know, these... Um, <laughs> I got to give it a code word. In our home, sidetrack side for a second. In our home, Dan and I call the things that you wear over your faces, we call them jimmies because we don't like to talk about it in front of our kids. So anytime I go to talk about a face M-A-S-K, um, I'm going to call it a jimmy and I'm going to come up for a word. <laughs> if you guys have any ideas, send me a DM on Instagram. But I'm going to come up with a word uh, to use when talking about this V-I-R-U-S. Anyways, the point of my story is that we chose a biodynamic farm for our child to um, explore. You know, they have a garden. They're outside for most of the day. They eat biodynamic farm off of the or food off of the farm. We chose that because even before this pandemic happened, we believe so strongly in supporting, like our values really stand for supporting communities, cultures, schools, way of being that move the needle forward in the direction the world needs to go in for true healing. And even if that doesn't work and we all end up dying from climate change or viruses that continue to harm us, um, you know, because we because we refuse to look at the root cause, then at least my soul has done what it's here to do. Do, do you know what I'm saying? So um, just, I don't think I finished one point there. And I want to circle back in case, in case any of you might not know what I'm talking about. Um, some of our favorite teachers and scientists are people like Dr. Zach Bush, who talks about how, you know, the um, excessive spraying of pesticides and glyphosate all over our crops. If you look at China, they spray the most glyphosate in the world on their crops. And doctors predicted an outbreak of a virus there years ago. This isn't a conspiracy. It's all on you know, camera and recordings, if you look at some natural health summits, some cancer summits that happened, um, doctors and scientists have been warning the world for years now saying naturally occurring viruses that are not supposed to be harmful with the rising air pollution, even just from the way we live, driving cars, things like that. The, the, the overwhelming, um, atmospheric poison we're experiencing from what we spray on our, on our crops, it's it's going to cause harm every few years when certain viruses mutate and come forth. Like like a few years ago, we had, you know, SARS and then Ebola, and now we have this one. And so I trust my soul just screams, yes, you can, you, you know, truth by the way it feels in your body. And my soul screams, yes, when I hear the scientists talk about how, you know, this isn't normal. And if you live in a world where you have healthy food and natural drinking water or, or clean drinking water and healthy drinking water and you have exercise and access to sunlight and vitamin D, you know, unless the body, the terrain is off in some way, right, which that's just the natural life experience, right? Like unless the body is off in some way, naturally occurring vi viruses should not be harming us. So anyways, that's my rant on that. Um, 
And I have a few highlight bubbles on that on my Instagram page if you follow me there and you want to educate yourself on that. But anyways, my whole point is I thought that we would send our kids to this school that we found, um, you know, for for their entire elementary school experience. And now I'm like, I don't think this is going to happen because even though they're a private school, and they kind of do their own thing. Um, what's happening in Ontario, I don't I don't trust it. And I'm not willing. I know some people, based on your circumstances and financial portfolio, you don't have a choice. I totally get that. And I have compassion for that. For us, we pulled Vera out of the kindergarten program that we had her enrolled in in the fall. Because... Um, even though it's it's a private school and they do things differently, they still have to follow some public health orders. And so if they go back and forth, lockdown or, you know, virtual schooling, back in, back to virtual, we don't want our kids exposed to that. So she's just going to go to the three-day-a-week little kind of, they call it preschool, but it's kind of like a kindergarten for homeschooled kids. Um, and she loves it. And the kids don't have to wear jimmies. I personally will not do that ever. Like my soul says no, and I totally get it if you're okay with it. Um, But for me, it's a hard pass. It's just a hard, it's a hard pass. So anyways, we have been just sitting with, while the world works itself out, what are we going to be up to over the next few years? And Like I expressed at the beginning of this episode, we're still in the open-ended question around that. So I'm not here to tell you what to do. I wouldn't do that anyways. (laughs) Um, What I want to share though is, is kind of my process when I've been in situations like this in the past. So number one, I think it's really important to not react out of fear that's it. Like any, I I did that the first 25 years of my life. I signed on for jobs and careers and things that my ego was driving. So the first thing we're doing is noticing any need to want to try to control or fix because it's uncomfortable. And that's a very different thing than just staying open And seeing what your next dharmic experience is going to be. Because when it's truly aligned, when it's truly aligned, there's a beautiful surrender that happens. And it's almost like you can sometimes get ideas and you get excited about that. But if it feels almost like you're spiraling or searching or grasping, it's in my experience, it's usually not... the next dharmic step if there's that like spiral and that's kind of part two is oftentimes you have to okay I think back to my time on the police force when my body was shutting down on me it's a very similar experience to what I feel like Canadians are going through right now and this is where the soul sadness comes in is when you're in a relationship with a job with maybe a school situation for your kids with anything that doesn't that doesn't support the highest 
expression of your soul contract here, you start to feel suffocated. You start to feel you that deep sadness. You start to feel like you're just done, right? And that's when the beautiful surrender comes in. And you kind of have that moment where, and this is key. I used to teach a coaching program called the surrender process. And it's so funny because back at that time and still to this day, the word surrender still terrifies people. And it's like the hardest thing for, I think, the human race to really learn. Because instead of reacting, which we see with this whole pandemic situation, it's just one big reaction instead of understanding the root cause, it it mirrors all of us individually, right? So instead of reacting, instead of getting mad at other people who, you know, are doing things differently or have different thoughts or whatever, there's this beautiful surrender that happens where you're like, okay, I lift all of this into the heavens and I'm just open. I am so radically open to what the next steps are going to be. And what I think some people don't recognize about the spiritual experience involved in surrender is they they think it's going to be easy. And the thing is, is that it usually is easy and expansive and amazing, but that all comes after like the craziness of the surrender experience because the surrender experience is terrifying. And it's this beautiful open heart chakra energy where you're just like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to control. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to spiral. I'm not, I'm not going to make the plans. I'm going to open myself up to see what comes through. And I know a lot of people experienced this last year when they started homeschooling. If you chose to keep your kids home, I have had beautiful coffee dates and fireside chats, let's call them, with friends who their first year of homeschooling was a disaster. But in chatting with many homeschooling moms, it's supposed to be. The first year is always a disaster, I've learned. We kind of experienced this too, because even though Vera is technically only in kindergarten, I totally went into this spiral state of, because we didn't keep her in the kindergarten program, I went into this state of like, oh my God, I need to set up like a little kindergarten room in my basement. And I went and I bought, you know, the Ontario kindergarten curriculum, which is like tracing letters and drawing pictures. It's, you know, not much. And I went into planning and and spiraling and I felt so shitty in my body. And, and I've spent hours at, you know, at night watching YouTube videos of homeschooling moms and global, you know, unschooling families. And they all say the same thing. It's an unlearning process. And it's chaos because we're not taught how to remember how we can, if we want to, flow with the natural beauty and cycle of our unique individual family. We're not taught that it's okay to do that. You know, I have friends who were homeschooling and they were like, full on doing music classes for their kids in their living room and like doing all of these things and they were crashing and burning. And it's like, well, of course. So anyways, we've really spent the last year um, completely <laughs> unlearning so much. And I know we're still in the infancy stage of that. Like I'm, I'm not an expert at all, but I wanted to share that 
example because it's it's an example of like the spiral that has to happen and you first go into the control freak phase and then you laugh at yourself and you're like, that was insane. And then you surrender. And then it's like, oh, God starts to deliver. So just a tip for any moms who are in that homeschooling journey. Like, again, I'm not a pro and I'm still learning and unlearning. But something that has been so helpful for us is if you go on to Instagram and you follow some of these homeschooling accounts, um, I only follow a handful of accounts on Instagram, but even if even if you go and, and check out who I follow, I, I only follow like 15 people just to keep my brain space clear. But one of them I think is the Simple Living Collection. So you can find these really sweet collections that are categorized from like fall, winter, spring, summer, and they are so awesome. And for us, our soul just screams, yes. You know, even when you look at like, again, our oldest is only kindergarten age, but when you pick up the the, the school curriculum, it's like bright colors and bright letters. And it's very um, like stimulating. And I didn't even realize that until I would pick up some of these homeschool, more nature-focused bundles, and it's calmer, and the, the colors are, are softer. And, and even just simple exercises like tracing letters, which there's not even a lot of that. It's more like play and family-infused activities that embody connection and nourishment and a vastness of experience and growth as a family. It's gorgeous. Um, but there's a completely different energy. So that's what we've been doing. I, I, it's been lovely. I, I created a spring, fall, winter, summer binder. Took me like an hour. And when those bundles go on sale for, it's like 25 bucks. I print a few things out and I did this in the fall and now I'm doing it again in the spring. And I just pick three exercises or not exercises, like three things we're going to do as a family. And that's sort of the way that I'm retraining myself right now. And I, to, yes, that's the way I'm kind of training myself right now to homeschool (laughs) because I don't have the capacity to do any more than like, let's say three things, but it's perfect. And then it's perfect. And then the rest of the time they're just playing and finding things that they want to learn about. So there has been a total 180 in our home. And again, this is one of those signs coming through. It's like a puzzle piece coming through of like, this is what you're being prepared for, Geraldyn. So I just have this gut feeling with everything that's happening in the world, at some point, I will be homeschooling and maybe even global schooling. So my kids, um, they all have Sagittarius energy in their birth charts. Some of them are double Sag. Uh, my middle child is a double Pisces and Pisces is very spiritual in nature, that sign. And so when I look at my kids and as I, even if you just look at your kids and be present, you guys, if you have families, you start to see their little personalities. And for my girls, I'm like, my girls came through my body for a reason. <laughs> and Again, when we're so busy and spiraling and controlling, we miss the opportunity to really see them for who they are. And when I look at my kids, like, again, that Sagittarius energy is all about 
travel and adventure. A lot of times for people who have Sagittarius as their um, one of their dominant signs, we're speaking astrology, they tend to not care about money. It's more about the simple things in life. So I said to Dan, like, we should start looking at a global property. And of course, we're looking at places where, you know, COVID restrictions are not like communist Canada right now. And we want it to be somewhere that encompasses our values, of course. And again, this isn't something we're just going to go do right now. It's just I'm starting to see puzzle pieces and I'm just open. And I wanted to share with you because I've been through this process a few times that, again, stay open. Notice your need to want to control first is step one. Laugh at yourself. Step two, feel all the fear that comes up around it. Like, oh my God, how would I afford that? I can't homeschool or I could never do X or I could never leave this job and do that. I could, I could, that's all, that's all fear. It's the stories that want to be lifted out of our tissues. Okay. Remember I talked about last week, the very shamanic journey of like entering the dark, purging all of that out. If you're not able to be present in your body, you won't be able to recognize the fears and the stories. You'll just be in conversation with a friend and talking and be spewing excuses like, I know I could just never do that. And you you don't even realize what's happening is that you're actually purging fear. If you're on this very conscious path. So again, that might look totally different for you than it does for our family. But those are those are some of the steps. Step one, notice your need to want to control, panic, figure it out, fix it. <laughs> Step two, purge all of the crap that comes out amidst this very messy surrender. Most people do not get past step two. Step three, notice how you step into like training mode. Notice how the universe and the ether starts to train you for what's to come. And you still don't start controlling here. You just notice what's coming. You just notice what comes in. You're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So that's our family's example of, again, like a higher dharmic evolution. And kind of, we can tell it's changing. I'm even getting ideas, guys, for a whole new brand experience. But not acting on a lot of it yet because it's still simmering. Um, Now, I just want to touch on for the last like three minutes. I want to touch on the soul sadness. Okay. Um, There's such a deep soul sadness here. And again, I'm, I'm so in it. I'm having a very bipolar experience where it's like one day I feel good and expansive. And the next day, I like want to hide under a rug. (laughs) And so I just wanted to speak to that. And I first wanted to say like, you're not alone. And it's really important that you don't hide it under a rug and you don't put things on the shelf. So my, my great, one of my greatest teachers, my Course in Miracles teacher, I still work with her. And sometimes I'll bring something up and then I'll, I'll kind of, She's a mirror for me, right? So in conversation with her, I'll say like, oh, well, I, I don't need to look at this or this is just, um, remember how I was saying when, when we're not present enough in our bodies, we will actually justify our excuses. So anytime I, th- I try to throw an excuse at her, she's like, Geraldine, no, 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 no. Take that off the shelf. We're not going to put that on the shelf. We're going to feel it and we're going to, and we're going to just sit with that. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> 
And we really use our sessions as a time to take anything off the shelf, any sadness, any overwhelm, any fears and stories that are purging so that we can lift it into the hands of the ethers for for cleansing. Okay. So um, I just wanted to normalize that for you. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to tell you on that. I don't think so. Moving my body is so helpful right now. And I recognize, again, not everybody is in a position where they can do that. You might be in a position like I was six months ago where when I was in a pregnancy and I was so sick and I was puking. And if somebody told me to eat an organic apple and go for a walk, like I wanted to cut their head off. So it's like it's hard for me to prescribe and I don't want to prescribe what exactly you should be doing <laughs> because everyone is – it's such a vast, you know – level of of experience happening right now. But I just wanted to let you know um, that you're not alone and that what if beyond, beyond all of this sadness and all of this purging are the puzzle, the final puzzle pieces of this next level dharmic experience that just has your name written all over it. Can you stay? Can you stay with yourself? Can you stay present so that you can get to the other side? Because you you deserve that. You're here for that. You are worthy of that. And I'm just going to end it there. And we will talk soon, my friends. Sending you all lots of love. Have a great rest of your day.